Hello, I'm Mario the Artist and Rogue, and this is Radio 74. So this is the last episode for this year literally done at 7.58 p.m. on 12-31-2001. I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of all over the place on where my thinking is tonight. I had really wanted to kind of script something out tonight, you know, to sort of think about what I'd gone through this year, what I'd, you know, just dealt with. And But you know what? The truth is, I realized that the majority of the, of the previous episodes I'd done really covered that. And um, so I thought the first thing I want to kind of state on this is earlier today, Betty White passed away at 99. Now, I was not necessarily her biggest fan, but I was a fan. I grew up watching her in a multitude of different television shows, and I was dead certain that she was going to make it to 100. Now, there was somebody that did some quick mathematics on Twitter earlier and stated the fact that if you factor in the leap years and the additional days and that sort of thing, she technically made it to 100 years old and I think 24 days, which is wonderful to hear that. Either way, she was definitely a presence in my childhood. I remember her on a lot of different shows from Mary Tyler Moore to the Golden Girls. And uh, I'm going to turn off the notifications on my phone right now <laughs> as this thing rang. Um, and I remember, you know, like it's it's kind of weird for me because I, I tend to really focus on moments like that. And then I, like this is forever going to be something where I was like, well, man, I remember a New Year's Eve whenever Betty White passed away. Now, with that in mind, there's plenty of things um, that about that that are, are, you know, in the realm of what I've been through over the past New Year's Eves of my life. That's at least something that, although sad, she was 99. That is an amazingly full and incredibly cool life that she lived. Everything from her acting career to just the personality she was to her animal advocate, you know, stance, just all of that. So I got to thinking about stuff like that, right? Because, you know, of course, whenever she passed away today, a lot of social media was blowing up with, uh, you know, people remembering her and saying rest in peace, all these things. And there's a point where I start to think about, you know, we're right now on the cusp of 2022. It doesn't even seem real to say that, right? Um, For me, it was a very strange uh, thing whenever the year 2000 hit. Because growing up, 2000 seemed so far away. And now we're in the year 2022. And I'll be honest, um, I don't make a real big deal of New Year's Eve. I, for years, I just was happy if I didn't get punched in the face by a drunk. Honestly, I, I, I'm not even joking about that. I, uh, I did personal security for almost 15, 16 years off and on and, uh, worked a lot of nightclubs and <laughs> saw a lot of things, man. And, uh, but in this case, in this whole circumstance, I, um, the, the reason I'm talking about this is because of the fact that I have a, a few plans I wanted to get done today. Um, I've got some artwork I've got to catch up on tonight after I get done with this podcast. And um, I've also got a journal tonight. I had gotten the Heroes Journal, which I've talked about in a couple of previous episodes. 
and I highly recommend it for anyone that likes a little bit of fantasy or just wants a very cool journal to be able to keep going with themselves on. Um, my last entry will be tonight in that journal because I'm finally finishing that journal. And for those of you that are not in the know, that's a re actually a really big deal for me. I have journaled before. Um, I blog a lot. The blog I have on my website is kind of a never ending thing. And it's, I try to do them once or twice a month on the average. Um, I have also in years past, I had, you know, things like live journal and my diary.net or whatever it was back in the day. I've had stuff like that, but this was the first one where I really actively tried to pursue focusing on journaling as often as I could in a book. And it gave me the opportunity to be able to sometimes be sparse with my entry or fairly detailed. And it's been a really good journey. And I'm kind of glad the way it ends is basically the last one will, you know, you kind of pick what your mission was for the day and, and, you know, the three things you needed to get done and all that. There's a couple of different ways to work it. And then there's even like a, a daily timeline on there, but it's, it's open enough that basically you can utilize it any which way you want. And, um, the next one is slightly different. It's kind of the sequel journal. Um, it's, I can't even remember the name of it right now, but it's basically based on a wizarding school concept and, uh, it's layered out a little bit differently. And so I'm really looking forward to starting that symbolically. That'll be a nice way to step into this next year. There's been a lot of other things on my mind as well, like how I'm going to pursue shows, how I'm going to manage my business, what my career looks like moving into this next year. And I find it odd because in years past, I really never looked at this as any sort of monumental day. I, I I just didn't. I know that in years past, I might have said, you know, it's always crazy to think like, you know, this year's over with. And I think we end up putting these bookends on there because of the actual reason of, you know, the, the existence of calendars, of our clocks, of, you know, memes that say Happy New Year, whatever. And I've always said I am not somebody who makes a whole bunch of promises or New Year's resolutions. I just, I've never believed in that because I've never been able to keep them. And honestly, I think that that's a terrible way to start the next year. It's like you're in debt already. Like, you know, if you're going to do something, do it. You know, the, the resolutions for me have always seemed like something where, and maybe they work for some people, but for me, they just, that's it, never been something I've really been into at all. I think I think about them, right? Like I have a couple of New Year's resolutions that I'll share with you guys. First one is I am going to draw every single day. I was inspired by my teacher, George Sample, some years back, and he said every morning he'd get up and he this is the this is the gentleman in that I'd spoken about that started his day with dinner, then had lunch, and then finished his day with breakfast. And um, he was a very unique guy. He's still alive from what I understand. I kind of wish I could run across him again. Uh, he was my college figure teacher. He Wonderful class. Learned so much about that. I'm hoping he gets his book on perspective published. And uh, <laughs> thinking about that, like, man, I just lost myself in my thoughts. God, like my mind is racing a million miles a minute right now. And um, but. I remember jumping to this subject now that he, you know, I with when it comes to like things that I wanted to accomplish, I would often tell myself, well, I've got all year. 
I'll take my time. I'll, you know, I'll do, I'll do X, Y, Z and, and hopefully get finished with it. And I think a lot of times I ended up giving myself excuses. And so one of the things I can say is this, that every year I would at least, if they weren't necessarily resolutions, they were ideas. I wanted to look back on the year that I just went through and I wanted to be able to be honest with myself and say, okay, was it good? Did I, did I triumph? Did I do things right? And whenever I do that, I usually around the first or second day of the new year, I'll go back and I look at all the blog posts I've done. Uh, and now I have a journal I can look back at. I used to even be able to look back at some old sketchbooks and kind of look and see what I had managed to accomplish. Um, and this time it's even more vivid. It's, it's even more there. I have a bunch of entries in a journal that are joyous, heartbreaking, um, momentous, some are forgetful, um, some detailing a lot of minutia, some being very general, even to myself. I'm only writing this to myself. I mean, I have no intention of ever publishing these things because they're just journals for me to be able to get through my life. But I think it helps me set up a better a better spectrum, a better platform to be able to grow from. And I'm always fascinated when I talk to people about how they manage to work through the next year, how they manage to, to carry onward, you know, um, because at least for me, whenever I feel that I've never been able to measure up to what my expectations were, and I set some pretty freaking lofty expectations for myself. It's, it's a little bit frustrating. It really is. It's almost like I'm setting myself up to fail. I, um, I got into a habit about two years ago where I use the calendar on my phone and I have all these checklist things that I do daily, right? I start off my day and I'll just give you a real quick preview here. Kind of how I start my mornings. Most mornings I'll wake up and I give myself a few minutes to sit there. And on a good day, I take about five to 15 minutes to be thankful, A, <laughs> that I woke up, B, for whatever I have in life, and appreciate the moment that I have there to breathe, to think, and to be peaceful, you know, before the rest of the day starts to envelop me and I've got things to deal with. And then after that, I start thinking about like, well, what do I have to get done? So I start going through my lists on my phone, and there's some things like cleaning or journaling or stuff like that that I try to do daily. If I don't, I don't beat myself up about it. But the nice thing is, is because they're all color coded, I can kind of look back at the days and go, you know what? I managed to do a pretty good run on either journaling or, you know, okay, I managed to work out this week or whatever, right? Any number of those things. And, um, I want to be able to be more present in those actions this next year for myself. You know, I've got a lot of goals I'd like to do and, I think that's, I mean, they might as well be resolutions, but I'm trying to find a way that they are more akin to these real goalposts, you know, like I don't want to just put something kind of pie in the sky and not have a plan for it. And, um, but it still struggles, you know, it's, it's still a lot of struggles. The other day I got really upset. Um, I, the reasons aren't really necessary to go into, but I managed to make myself sick, got a migraine and everything, right? Just, it knocked me out for the day, fell behind on a day of drawing. Um, and I owe a lot of art to a lot of people right now. Um, it was not my best, that was not my best day. And 
right now I'm um, in the middle of a contract job doing some organization for one of the companies I work for at their warehouse. And, uh, you know, so I've got that starting up this next week here come Monday, I believe. Well, I had a good seven day run where I wasn't able to go in, um, just cause of the holiday hours and they had some other stuff going on. So where I was going to be working, wasn't going to be available for me to be in. And so I had planned out my days over that time to try and get things accomplished and finished. Right. I was trying to set a template for what I'd expect for myself on an average week moving forward. And that's a really difficult thing for me to be able to stick to like the idea and everything of being a freelancer is an intoxicatingly cool thing. And I'm glad that's where I classify myself in, you know, that I am a working freelancer, but the truth is, is there is the stress factor of figuring out exactly when to know when you're in trouble. And what I mean by that is I really enjoy what I do now. You know, I am happy, but there are days whenever I feel like, you know, I'm fighting, you know, insecurity and imposter syndrome, and I'm also fighting a lot of other things going, you know, I'm not worth this. Why, why am I even bothering? But I can't do that. I can't allow myself that zone of thought when there are people depending on me, people expecting things, or I need to be able to be in the right mindset to go find other clientele, freelance jobs, or get new commissions in, right? Because at the end of the day, if, uh, if I don't, if I'm not timely with those things, then I'm setting myself up for failure. And then that equivocates into a year just going completely south. And one of the other things I'm trying to do, well, not really trying as much as really actively putting the effort into it. I, I'm also really in the mindset that I don't want to use the word trying. I, I think the reason for that is because I have found over the past year that every single time I'll say, well, I'm trying to do this or I'm, I'm really trying. Yeah, I could be, but I want to start saying, well, I'm working toward it or I'm doing it. You know, I'm giving myself a, a real stout capacity of understanding of where I'm heading. Because sometimes when I say I'm trying my best or I'm trying, I don't know that I am. And this is just for me. I'm not knocking anyone else. It may you know, I may have a lot of luggage with that particular phrasing, but it's something where I find myself consistently having to go back and look at it and go, well, were you really trying? Which again is where the journaling and all this other stuff starts to come into play. It's amazing how many things I can forget. And I've spoken to other people about this and asked them like, well, what do you do whenever you feel that you're not getting, um, you're not getting any traction in your professional or personal life or any of these things. And I've been told on more than one occasion to stop utilizing the term trying that it it's not really what you think it is. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's that you have to do it. You really have to bring yourself into the mindset to do it. Now, that's not to say that trying is a terrible thing. It's just that the, the term trying can also give us a soft cushion of, well, the effort is what counted, you know, that it may not have been a success, which is true to a certain degree, but at some point, and especially for myself, at what point do I start to take myself seriously enough to step forward and to embrace what I need to fix? I can use a really good example of this. Um, anyone that knows me knows that I've, 
had a somewhat contentious uh, standpoint with a lot of jobs in my past, especially thinking through them. I mean, some of this has been because of exercises and therapy. Some of this has been just because I go back and I read either blog posts I made or personal notes or videos, video diaries that I've, I've made in the past about particular times in my life. And I remember one really tumultuous time that I had in my life when I got physically ill at, at work because I was just clashing with my boss at the time. And I'm glad I recorded it. I mean, I'm a complete and total, like, utter mess in the video. I just ugly crying, just angry, you name it. But I'm glad that I recorded it. And I'm not going to delete it anytime soon because it's a good bookmark of a memory for me to go back to, to go, do you ever really want to go back to this? And I think that for me is stronger than any sort of New Year's resolution. Because it's not about the end of the year. It's keeping it up through all of the year, right? At least it is for me. And I don't mean to knock anybody else's efforts or experiences down. I can only speak from what I've been through. But I know, I know that a lot of times it's a lot easier to just kind of give up or just accept where you, where you are. I know, I, I know this because I do it a lot. Way more frequently than I'm willing to admit. There are days, um, especially when I was going through really, really bad depression, that I remember one stretch of days, I barely got up out of bed. It was like three days in a row. And... I got up to do the bare minimum to do what was needed, but barely. And that was such a terrible time for me. But I at least had the capacity when I got over that bump to be able to go and write a lot of it down. And what I couldn't write down, I made some very personal videos to myself talking about why I felt this, what was wrong what I felt broke inside of me and what I hoped I would be able to do to overcome that. Now you guys are probably wondering how I managed to transition from Betty White into all of this. Well, Betty White was human just like any one of us and she led an incredible life. Um, you could just Google her and see what, what she did, right? And um, she was one of a lot of different people that I admire for multitudes of reasons. And I try and utilize that as something in my own life going, you know what? And it sounds crazy because I'm not normally about hero worship or anything else like that. But I am about looking at somebody who manages to put forward a really good effort in life. You know, that really did some good things. And maybe they're not, their lives aren't perfect. Maybe their lives didn't end well. But if they did some really great and wonderful and good things in this world, I do look up to them. One of my real big heroes is Robin Williams. And I've brought him up many times before. He's not with us and he did commit suicide, which was pretty dark and pretty heartbreaking. You know, um... But I look at it that what, you know, what can I take from that, right? What can I learn from this? 
I can't imagine what it was like being one of his close friends like Billy Crystal or Whoopi Goldberg or any member of his family. I don't know what they went through. I hope I, I hope I never endure that sort of thing. Um, but I know that, uh, that whenever I start to feel like maybe I can't make things happen, I have to look at the people out there that have done some amazing things, whether they were stand-up comedians or illustrators or animators or voice actors or just actors in general, really. Um, and I look at that and I go, you know what? These people did it. These people managed to get through life. They managed to do these things and, and do them extremely well. And they are remembered for these things. And that's the sort of stuff that I'll remember at the end of a year. I start to go back and not only for my own experiences in life, but for the people that I looked up to, I, I go back and I look at that and I, I think to myself, like, you know, um, I, I want to be better. I, I want to do better. And something else, too, is that although a lot of people may have some discomfort thinking about this sort of thing, and I've touched on this before in some previous episodes, the idea of the shortness of our mortal coil here on this planet, right, our lives, we don't know when they're coming to an end. We don't. We don't really know. Nobody does. Um, when that happens, when that occurs, I like to take stock of the life I've lived, where I am, and I will ask myself one of the hardest questions I could ever ask of myself. Are you really happy? You know, it's something that I don't think very many people ask one another because we're scared of being asked ourselves or we're worried that they may truly be happier than we are. We can be a pretty jealous and weird race. You know, we really can. Um, I often think that jealousy is hardwired into the vast majority of us. I am, or at least envy, if not jealousy. And I know that, you know, um, people often, like when I talk to people, they're like, oh, well, what do you do? And, you know, this and this and this, like, you know, they equivocate happiness to either the amount of money you make or these other sorts of things. But at the heart of it, if you can really dig deep and ask yourself, am I happy where I am right now with the people in my life, with what's going on, right? I'd like to think that most people would be able to go, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And not even in a, in a methodology of like self-defense, but in, in the capacity to, to really critically look at themselves and go, well, no, I, I believe I'm really happy, you know, and this is why and can give you some fairly concrete reasons if they were pressed to do so. I'm fairly confident and I only stutter to say this because I, I really wanted to, I, I had a moment there where I was checking myself. I am genuinely happy with where I am in life to a degree, because I know that there's other things in life that I personally hold myself back on, whether it's through insecurity or laziness or <laughs> depression or whatever it might be. There are other plateaus, other levels, other horizons I would like to get to. And I don't ever want anything to get in the way of that. But unfortunately, the older I am and the more time I spend talking to people and being around people and getting to know myself more and more every year as a creative, as just a person, I realize how many walls I built up for myself. I mean that sincerely, like for a long time, like 
I didn't even realize there's this whole concept of masking, right? Which is, uh, which has nothing to do with COVID-19, um, in this, in this particular point, but it's where maybe a joke is told and it's really not on point. It's not very nice. And, you know, somebody might nervously laugh at it because they go, well, I don't want anyone to think that I don't find them cool and I don't want them to think I'm uncool and I don't want them to not like me. And there's a lot of people out there like that. I'm certainly one of them. And I think over the years, that was something that, especially when I was younger, I laughed for the wrong reasons because I was nervous. Or I was scared. Now I've actually been told I laugh a lot, but it's because I genuinely do find things joyously, you know, funny and, and just, I'm happy when I, when somebody tells me a story and I genuinely enjoy it, I don't, I don't mark myself off. I let whatever awkward, stupid ass laughter I have come out because I don't want to hold it in. But if it's not funny or if it's offensive, I find myself catching myself and not laughing at it because for years I would do that just to please another person because I, I am inherently a people pleaser on some level. And these are all things that I've learned that I've, that's just one example of something that I carry forward in this next year. I'm like, all right, well, you've been doing good so far. Now, how can you build upon that and do something even better? How can you live up to the people that you look up to, you know, that were really good um, people in life? And I, I'm not even just talking about famous people. I'm talking about people that really inspired me. Like going back to George Sample, I can give you a really good example there. Every single time I ever put anything up for him to review, the man had no time for bullshit. He was a kind, generous, and giving man with his time. One hell of a ceramicist. An amazingly great, great illustrator. Um, and understood perspective and geometry on levels that I can't really process. And I had a pretty unique circumstance where, and I'm not joking, I had a... This is sort of a unique circumstance that I could never have planned this, right? When I went to school, I, I uh, attended high school my last two years, my, my junior and, and senior year in Warrensburg High School. And my teacher there is a wonderful man named Mr. Willard. And uh, he's long since retired from teaching. But he was kind of the one that pushed me down the row of like, you know, you have a really illustrative and graphic style. I don't know where you're going to go with this but you should keep on trying. And this is a man that I had seen draw uh, portraits on the spot within 20 minutes that would have easily equaled a 500 or a thousand dollar portrait. Like they were stunning. And just with a number two pencil on like some rough uh, spiral bound notebooks, cardboard section. And you'd be floored by what he was able to do. It was just rather incredible. And um, I didn't find this out until I had, um, a, I think it was my graphic, a graphic design course. No, it was commercial, commercial illustration with another fellow named John Lynch. And, uh, he's since passed away. He was a very good friend of mine. Um, not a day goes by that. I don't think about the guy and a lot of the art lessons that I learned from him. Turns out that both he and John Willard, my high school teacher, both of them named John, um, had been in college at CMSU 
which is UCM now, at the same time. And they had both been taught by George Sample. And that was a wild feeling to be in a circumstance where I'm like, I had a high school teacher and a college teacher that had both been taught by a current college teacher that was teaching me figure. So I had this multi-generational connection span that happened in three fairly different areas of my art education. But in that, I was... I was really lucky in the fact that all three of those men, for different reasons, were people I had looked up to, were inspirations to me. And when I start to doubt myself or feel down, those are the sorts of things that, and I need to write them down before I start to forget these facts and these stories. Um, these are the sorts of things that help get me over a lot of the challenges that I'll have. It doesn't always work. Believe me, it really doesn't. But there are plenty of days when I can remember maybe... Oh God, there was one I can tell you guys about real quick. Whenever I was in school, uh, in college and for anyone that's ever gone to any kind of art class in college, this is probably going to sound really familiar. You know, you take your class and you have, I think, I think it's every two weeks or so you have to turn an an illustration. This was back then. This has been a a while now, (laughs) so it's probably completely different now, but, um, you know, you go to school and, and they would have these, um, these carpeted walls where you would pin up your work and then everyone would stand in the hallway and they would review the illustration, the spot illustration you did or whatever you're trying to create or do. Um, so that, that way you'd have something to impress, whether it's the art director or your agent that represents you, um, or just a good portfolio piece. And, um, I don't know what I was doing for that first year that I was in college, really trying to, pursue my art classes. I was all over the place. I didn't know what medium I was comfortable with. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It was just freaking terrible. And I remember one day there was, I made a big deal about loving Stevie Ray Vaughan's music. And I do, I huge, huge guitar inspiration to me. Um, but I tried to do an illustration of him. I remember I did it on a board. It was like Crescent illustration board. And it had, I, I want to say it was some sort of it. I, I think I adjusted over to get some, some texture, but I was so embarrassed that I took the hit on the grade by not presenting with the rest of the class. And I simply said, I, I just couldn't get it done. I, I just didn't have anything. I, I ball faced lied about it to him. I could see the disappointment in his face. It was not unique to me. There were other people that did it too. So I'm not, I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was looking at me as like some sort of golden child. Like, how, how dare you screw that up? But afterwards I met up with him. I was like, you know, um, Mr. Lynch, I, I do have my work. He said, well, why, why the hell didn't you hang it up? And I said, because I, I just couldn't, I, I, I just, I feel like I failed, but I wanted you to see what I did. And his mood sort of softened. He said, well, go ahead. Let's see what you have. I pulled it out. And I don't think I own that piece anymore. I think I tore it up and threw it away. Um, But my memory of it was, it was very rough. It was very terrible. I had been inspired by some artwork I'd seen in Rolling Stone. And I didn't do my due diligence to try and get the right mediums or do anything with it. I just basically screwed it up pretty bad. And... um, I remember it was like a a 16 by 10. It wasn't even the right size. It would have been utilized for submission. There was no bleed on it. It was just, it was just a terrible execution of a project. And, um, 
those sort of memories stay with me and they remind me about how failure can cost you a lot of things. Um, lack of bravery, lack of the ability for humility to be able to come forward and, and, you know, in school, it's not about impressing your teacher. It, it can and it can't be. It has to be more with, here's the opportunity for you to grow as an artist and to do new things. And this is something that I learned painfully then. Because, you know, he did have a few things to say about it, but he was like, you know, um, pastel is not your strong suit. And I'm not sure you're using different mediums. There's no way for this pastel to really adhere. Are you going to photograph this? That's kind of hard now that you've got this gloss backing on it. Like, what are you trying to do with this? How would you even get this photograph? This is kind of a nightmare. Um, I know it's only got a hold together long enough for you to get this in, um, you know, for submission, if you were hypothetically doing this, but it's kind of all over the place. And I can't really tell. I can tell this is, if I were just to look at this, I go, okay, well, this is kind of a cowboy looking guy holding a, a guitar. You know, I don't know if this is George Strait or who the, you know, he was just, he was very brutally honest with me. And it didn't break me down because I knew what I had done wasn't up to par. It wasn't near what what the illustration uh, assignment was supposed to be, you know, what I was supposed to have accomplished out of it. But because of that, I still carry that forward. And, you know, and that's something like it's almost like at the end of every year, I will. And I'm about to fire that up here in just a little bit. As soon as I get this done. As I'm drawing and working on the other stuff I'm going to be doing tonight, I always watch The Princess Bride. It is always the last movie I will watch every year. And um, I love doing things out of repetition. I like doing certain things as kind of like a little ritual or that sort of thing. And one of the things I do with that is remember things just like that story that I told you guys about. It's something that I try to keep humble with it's something that i really do try and remind myself i went through a lot i've done a lot and i shouldn't take shortcuts now i shouldn't take things for granted every year that passes by is symbolically something that i can look at and go yeah i'm i managed to make it one more year right and um you just never know when you won't have any more years um, anything can take us from this world, really, you know, and I don't want to leave this world with the thought process in my head that I didn't try. I didn't expand myself as much as I could have. Because there's always this point where we can feel like, well, I'll just, you know, take a day and watch some movies or something like that and not do these other things. But one of the really wonderful things I did do this year was I was able to make it to Yellowstone. This is some place that I'd never in a million years thought I was ever going to make it. I just, I either could never afford it or I just, I, there was just a lot of things that were preventing me from going. And then finally, at some point, I just sucked it up. I was like, if I don't do this now, if I don't take this opportunity that's come up, I'm going to regret it. And I'm glad I did, you know? And it's, and that for me is a, is a powerful point. And I, I, I was so happy about it. I blogged about it four times. I talked about it in a podcast. Um, but it was something where it didn't even have to be that grandiose. That's just an example of something that I could have just said, well, no, I don't want to do that. And missed out on something that would have been pivotal at that point in time in my life to have really enjoyed and experienced that's helping carry me through some of the lower times that I'm going through. And, um, 
again, it doesn't have to be anything like that. I can think of a really good um, memory that happened quite a while back. Um, and I remember it was one where, uh, <laughs> oh man, I managed to, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of times whenever you work security and stuff like that, there's not a lot of real happy times during that stuff, but I will never forget one day. Um, and I am still friends with this, with this, uh, young lady. She, um, she had worked at the bar. And I remember one time that a lot of times after the bar closes, you walk, the waiters and waitresses and other people that rest of the staff to their cars. Cause they would have to park out on the street and it's like, you know, two o'clock in the morning. You just never know who's out there. And a lot of times whenever I'd walk her out there, we'd end up talking and things. And, um, we, you know, over the, over those times, you know, we'd bond over things like just, you know, our family and different things like that. And, and where she wanted to go to school and what she wanted out of life and all this other stuff. But I remember there was one particular night where, um, <laughs> Where when we were walking, we we got to talking about things like, you know, what does the future hold and like, you know, how how dismal it seemed sometimes with the people that would come out to the bars. And because you could see it where you'd have people that might come out and you only see them like that one time and you you never see that person again. But then you'd have people that would come back out all the time. And she was equally bugged by this one fellow that used to come out. I'm not even kidding. I think I saw him every single Friday and Saturday that I worked for a the better part of a year he did um from what he would say he did the design work for john deere tractors graphic user interfaces and um, it was him and one other guy that worked for john deere um and i i don't know if john deere's headquarters is in the the kansas or Missouri, i don't know but he would always come out to power and light he was always buying beer for people and trying to buy rounds and drinks and shots for security team members i just he was just basically we came to find out he didn't really have any friends. He just had us. And that was kind of a wild thing to deal with. But I remember her saying like, you know, that was the first real eye opener for her was she's like, you know, I used to really like going out and drinking and, and hanging out at bars and stuff like that until I really started seeing what people were like at these places. And she said, but then that made me take stock of other things in my life. Like, you know, if I go into this particular career field, what am I getting into? What are the people like? Who do I want to work for? And that, and I, I agreed wholeheartedly because I had worked for some places where, you know, it wasn't great. And, and the bar would often be this microcosm that would kind of show you the really ugly side of people, even people you thought were respectable. And, um, there were truly some horror show nights that I worked that I'm like, is this even real life? Um, but, I remember that we kind of bonded over this whole thing and we've kept in touch over the years and stuff like that. And, um, you know, she's doing quite well for herself, which is great. Um, and, and we've often spoken about that because I've been able to say, you know, there's been times whenever I've had a job that didn't quite work out the way that I thought it was going to, or it was just a, a placeholder for me to get through things. Um, I may not have liked whenever I worked at the, uh, chief stadium for a multitude of reasons, but I met a fair few amount of people, some that I still keep in touch with that I really enjoyed. I really do consider them great people that I was able to talk to, hang out with, be there with. And we all kind of commiserated in, in our job that we had there. And um, and it was certainly an experience for me to be able to draw from, no, no pun intended, um, for story elements and developing characters and things like that and other things that come along the way. So with all that said, it's now 838. 
So I've been rambling for about 40 minutes. Um, for anyone listening to this, I hope you have an amazing and safe New Year's Eve. If you're going, if you went out and did that, I hope you're alive when you hear this. <laughs> I had a really macabre feeling earlier. I went to, um, I went to Target, uh, Target, and I when I was out there, I thought, and this is just, this is just the way I think. There's a whole bunch of people around me, and I thought to myself, like, what are the odds? I'm willing to bet one or two of these people this is their na- last night on Earth, right? That's some dark shit to think. It's terrible. But again, it happens, and. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the drunk person that 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 happens to, you know. And I thought about how tenuous life can be, how fleeting it can be, not just in the scope of death, but in the cradle of how the pathway of our life moves forward. And um, I had a lot of reminders of that, you know, recently. Uh, my good buddy Rick Wolf. If you don't follow him, he does uh, robot co-op in ICWXP on YouTube and especially on Twitch. And um, this is a little shout out for his his dog uh, Juno. She passed away here a few days back. He did a beautiful memorial service for her on Twitch. It's great. Raised a couple thousand dollars. For the ASPCA in her memory. It was stunning. And it was beautiful and it was amazing. Uh, she was a little Italian greyhound. Full of heart. And just an amazing little sidekick. For Rick. And um, I think that. When um, when we're given those moments in life. I mean I experienced some loss as well too. You know and some real scares. Um, you know, when I, my feral cat. Who lived outside Muffins. You know passed away. That was pretty freaking heartbreaking and uh i've still not had the uh the bravery to be able to go out there and um and take down his little his little house or anything the little water bowl and food bowl are still sitting out there for him um i know he's not coming back i'm not stupid i I know that i think it's just one of those things where i just can't bring myself to do it it's not it's not getting in the way of anything and um and it's just something for now that i'm going to leave out there for a little bit and sometimes those those little bits of memorabilia can be a good thing, but I'm hoping that anyone and everyone that, uh, that has managed to make it through this, you know, at least partially still put together. (laughs) Um, I hope you guys all have an amazing next year. I hope that we all can, rise and do really good things Um, because it really does seem like some unsteady times and maybe some of this uh, entire podcast is tinged too because there was the the hilariously bizarre and very 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 hot cup of tea of a movie on Netflix by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio don't look up if you haven't seen that watch it it's uh it's pretty sobering and and melancholy and just crazy um it it was definitely one of those things that like when i saw it i was like wow okay this is definitely going to be one i'm going to come back and watch multitudes of times again just because 
Anyway, I guess this is the last episode for this season, and uh, I'll start up this next year sometime in the middle of January when I kind of figure out exactly what I'm going to be doing. Thanks again, guys, for listening, for downloading, and for all that stuff. I appreciate it. For those of you that follow me on TikTok that have made that a hell of a lot of fun on there, I mean, I'm like up to 1,600 followers, which is really nuts, and I get some pretty good, you know... uh, interactions on there and i'm really enjoying it quite a bit you know and thankfully even some sales on etsy which is nuts like that was the last thing i thought i was going to do like no other website has driven sales for me not my personal one not anything like that like this was the one like if i didn't do tiktok i wouldn't have sold anything this year i think i I can't totally say that because there's a few people that you know i knew that that did buy some stuff but the rest of them have been sales to other people um that i did not know which is a good feeling I genuinely hope that this next December 31st, whenever I do the next final podcast for that season, that I will have a lot more cool things to share that people I know have done and that hopefully the year will be better for everyone. There's always going to be ups and downs, and that's something we can't lose sight of. But I'm hoping that for what it's worth, maybe just maybe... Things will be better in ways we have no idea about. And with that, I am Mario, the Artisan Rogue. This is Radio 74. And I am signing out on this particular season and episode at uh, 8.44 p.m. on 12-31-2001. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to one another. And I will catch you in the next episode.